This is Greg Reifsick here, your host on Six Degrees of Retro here on GRR, the Greg Reifsick Radio Network here at blogtalkradio.com slash GRR. I have been bringing you the news from Paisley Park, and I am sitting here on day two of the festivities, and I just witnessed something that was never supposed to happen in the history of music and in the history of Prince. I've been at the Prince celebration, as I've already told you, for uh, already a day now, and this is day two, and the premiere concert that was this evening as part of track one of the Prince Celebration 2017 was the revolution, the revolution, reformed, and the historic part of it is they performed at Paisley Park at Prince's house, which I found so strange because that is where Sign of the Times was filmed with, of course, New Power Generation, which was the band that replaced them, but... I got news for you. The Revolution, the Revolution have reclaimed Paisley Park, and I'm going to ask my guest Jesse this, who I'm going to introduce in two seconds. I think this is very similar to Purple Rain. I think you have a band throwdown. I think the Revolution have reclaimed Paisley Park from New Power Generation, and now it's New Power Generation's job later in the Prince celebration to reclaim the stage let me introduce jesse here who we've already talked about day one but let me reintroduce him jesse tell me about your your background with prince and basically how you got into him wow let me think about that i think the first song that i ever heard of his was of course i want to be your lover which was his, you know breakout single mm-hmm. and i to be honest i gotta be honest about this i was not a fan at that point Okay. I remember seeing the video and being sort of turned off. They overplayed the the song. It was a huge hit, and mm-hmm. it just got so much airplay that I got mm-hmm. exhausted. How old How old were you I'm when about, you heard that? I would say 14, 15. See, there you go. That I, that people can just do the math yeah. in their head on our ages. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I think the first song that really got me into him was a couple years later, Controversy. Um that tune was just blew my mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, the arrangements, it was so unusual for an R&B artist to, to use the, the sound palette that he was using at that point. It was just, it was just amazing. To now, me. you were experienced with this because you were in L.A. at the time. and This you know, controversy came out in 81. Um, okay. I must have been 16, 17. Okay, and you were where at that time? Uh, in Los Angeles. I was yeah, you were. In high school. You were originally yeah. from? I'm originally from Buffalo, New York, but I came out to Los Angeles when I was 12. Mm-hmm. You went on to become a sound engineer. You had an ear for yeah, my, my um, folks, my parents were musicians. Um, my dad was a bass player. My mom was a singer. Her twin sister was a singer. And they were in a band together called the Coincidentals. Um, they were a local kind of lounge act in Buffalo mm-hmm. for many years until uh, my parents divorced when I was about six. 
mm-hmm. um, and that that broke up the band. Um, and she brought me to Los Angeles with her twin sister years later to try and break into the music business. Um, didn't really pan out for them, but um, I always kept that kind of interest in music, you know, myself. So uh-huh. I, I didn't know how to play an instrument. I didn't want to be a, a, a band, you know. But you had an ear. But I had the ear because of my you know, my family's musical background. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I decided at one point to go to audio engineering school and uh-huh. learn how to be an engineer, be work behind the scenes. Uh-huh. And you ended up working at Sunset Sound. I did. Yeah, I really did. I mean, I graduated from school in uh, 91, audio engineering school, and it took about a year, no, even longer than that, to find work. It's It's really tough. I mean, at that point in history, there was a glut of uh, engineers out there, uh-huh. and so there's a lot of competition, and the... The, the reality of it is that you don't just graduate from audio engineering school and then go into being an audio engineer because mm-hmm. the culture is such it's like a, being a plumber you have to learn your trade um, from the ground up so mm-hmm. when you go to a studio and you start you start as a room sweeper or right. the, the traffic guy or something mm-hmm. and then you learn from that studio how to work the boards that are specific to that studio and right. and all the other equipment right. so that it 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 was kind of devastating to me to find out that I wasn't just going to graduate from school and get work. Right. Um, so I took a kind of a sabbatical for a while. I went back east. And I came back um, in uh, January of 1994 and just in time for the Northridge earthquake. <laughs> uh-huh. What was the music scene around then? Then What's the I, first stuff you remember listening to in L.A.? In in the eighties, it was mostly hair metal bands. Hair metal, yeah. And you, yeah, you you told me earlier so was, today you roadied for. I, I did. I roadied for a couple of local bands um, uh-huh. that would play on the Sunset Strip, and that was those were the days when you had to pay to play. What are the names? Uh, Lyric and uh, Cyclone Sound. I I love Lyric. That... Lyric is the best. When <laughs> it's kind of you, hilarious. You yeah. know you're a pretentious metal band <laughs> exactly when you when when you have a singular. Metal name. Yeah, with anything with a mm-hmm. Y in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the reason I wanted Jesse to talk about himself is you, you, get, you get a flavor for what kind of music he's into. And yeah, I wouldn't, fa- I wouldn't say that was typical, though. I, 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 do, I love all kinds of music, mm-hmm. from you know, Michael McDonald to the B-52s to mm-hmm. Prince to uh, Metallica. But, but so do I. I have a huge background. Yeah, a, I've, I've done a previous podcasts, and I, I've done a- every type of music i've discussed and i mean we are the type of people that's why we get into prince totally is because he has done pretty he much covers every, all that ground. pretty much every yeah. genre except country right <laughs> you know i i think he attempted maybe yeah a little once, bit I a think, little yeah. bit but pretty much every genre he's crossed so at paisley park tonight the first thing we were uh we were lucky to see was they've started every day of course as i've already talked about on day one with a video and it's always a 45 minute warm-up video for the day which yeah it's a nice way to ease into the day well it's supposed to be an ease into the day (laughs) and it turns into an emotional struggle every single time especially because this celebration is happening in uh, in uh, at the same time of his passing, yeah. as I like to think, over to the afterworld to another level. What's your philosophy? Well, on it's that? the same. I, I think yeah. that his energy can't be. I mean, energy just can't be destroyed. So it's somewhere, right? Um, I I did want to say that 
I think that the people in the audience watching the concert tend to it, it, it elicits an interesting reaction the, the audience tends to react to that like they're there and he's mm-hmm. live mm-hmm. it's like a real concert yeah i had so never it's a neat way of mm-hmm. you know still having a prince concert mm-hmm. at paisley park yeah i had never witnessed a reaction like that when prince was alive and i had seen purple rain or any of his movies shown at a at a theater until I saw Sign of the Times at Tarantino's theater, the New Beverly in Hollywood, and everybody treated it like it was a concert because he is no longer in human form on this earth. Yeah. So we're like, well, this is as good as we're going to get in his visual form. And when I saw Sign of the Times there there were reactions to everything. People sang along to the songs. Really? Yeah. People got up and danced. People were clapping along. Yeah. When he got to Housequake, you know, he's like, who in his house knows about the quake? And the whole place went, we do, we do. <laughs> and I went, holy cow. Yeah. It was just this visceral reaction yeah, to that, him. That's a testament to how powerful he was. Yeah, and that was what kept coming back to me when... On day one, we already talked about what that video, uh, but on day two, they decided to play us one of his warm-up shows here at Paisley Park, which, did they say it was the last show he played here? Indeed. It was the last show he ever played in the Paisley Park stage. Sound stage. And it was a warm-up for his uh, piano uh, and a microphone tour, which, of course, was his final tour, and it was in... Um, what what month did she say it was? It was January 21st, uh, 2016. Yeah. So, really close. Yeah. <laughs> really close. Just a few months. Uh, to, his, to his passing over yeah. and to the other side. And it was, as soon as he announced it, I'm like, oh, great. Wonderful. You know, it's revolution night and you're going to bring me down. But actually... <laughs> It, it it was really emotional for me. Uh, he played... Um, it, it, he did a... It was almost like a one-man... I, I had never heard about any of the shows, and neither had you. No, I was very surprised that it, uh, these these stripped-down shows... Um, mm-hmm. It was just a, him with a piano and a microphone. That's what the tour was called. Mm-hmm. They were set up... I'm, I'm not sure if everyone was like this, but it seemed like it was set up to be just a chronology of his career yeah but also sort of the story of how he um was got interested in music and how he learned to play he starts out talking um to the audience as if he's his three-year-old self and you know talking about um his dad and wanting wishing he could play piano and his dad wouldn't let him touch the piano you know i don't know why but um eventually when his dad um divorced his mom they um, left the piano behind, and he was able to play it all he wanted. And he sort of talks you through this while he's playing. Um, yeah, very, very. I, I don't mean to cheapen it by saying one man show style, but it, it was as you, as you said, it was like a chronology of. Yeah. But and we were in his head, and I'll, I'll having done interviews with people for thirty five years now in my career, I. Anytime anybody does a show like that, it's usually near the, when they feel they're weakening or Mm -hmm. near the end of their life. And it really hit me because I had, 
um, read the article about Morris Day saying he had a conversation with Prince saying he felt there wasn't something right, right. with him, with himself. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, he, yeah, he, seemed he, to knew, be... he knew what he was taking. Yeah, He definitely. knew the state of his body. He knew whatever I'm his sure pain threshold. sure he was in touch with what was happening. Exactly. And so, it seemed like he was reviewing his life, which is something you might do it. Exactly. You know, so seeing that was so strange. Mm. And so he you know, was starting to play all these songs earlier in his career. And it seemed like he was choosing one song from each album yes. in chronology. Mm-hmm. Um, to play and, and explain the story of his career. Which which songs? Uh, Baby was the first one, right? Which was off of For You. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the second song he did? It was he did a little bit of I Want to Be Your Lover, which he did uh, Dirty Mind. Mm-hmm. Personally, for me, what hit me was I had been playing the song for some reason. Coming here to Paisley Park, it's the first time I've come. Um, of course, and unfortunately, under these circumstances, as part of this five hundred dollar ahead, con- I keep calling it a convention because we're having panel sessions and they're treating as is that, but it's more of a spiritual, yeah, convention with him. Uh, it, it's a unique animal. It's it's really it hard is. to explain. I've yeah. never been in any anything like this in my life. Some people are feeling joy and some people are feeling feeling grief. But I digress. I played on two plane rides here. I kept playing the song free for some reason. Right. And Prince starts playing free. And I'm like, wow, I'm so excited. I get to just see him play free on As part piano. of this concert footage. Yeah. yeah and then all of a sudden, he starts getting choked up halfway through the song. And he goes, David Bowie. You know, peace to David Bowie. Yeah, peace to David Bowie. And he gets choked up and he stops playing and he's like, I met him once. He was very nice to me. And he was he's a really kind man. And yeah. just, I hope he is okay. And that's it. Right. And the thing I felt was the way he usually would talk about people was like a competitive spirit or I'm the best. or And it was almost like a reverence. Like mm. he, he revered him. He was like, because of Ziggy Stardust, I was able to create Prince. I was able to create, from Prince Rogers Nelson, yeah. the character of Prince. Yeah. As opposed a- as a- how David Bowie turned himself into Ziggy Stardust and, and his many... And, I mean, Prince has had many different... In, the in, same in, as Bowie, yeah. Right. And I was like, wow. And I started crying. Because... Yeah. I already, everybody knows I've already done a podcast on Bowie and how much he meant to me and how I lost both of them last year. So it was just like, damn, check out Prince. Yeah. Humbled. Humbled, which is rare. This concert footage was recorded uh, very soon after Bowie had just passed. Yeah. Probably why it was. Yeah, but my point is we rarely see Prince humbled by anything. And to see him showing... Especially reverence somebody else, especially yeah. reverence somebody else on camera was just a little <laughs> shocking to me and actually a little bit relieving to me. Hmm. Just, yeah, the, the, the boy, he, he was supernatural, but the boy was human. Well, he gave props to who deserved it. Exactly. He always did. Yeah. So that was cool. What el- Did anything hit you about the... 
I just wanted it to go on. Unfortunately, they ended it right after that, um, pretty soon after that. Yeah. I just, I could have watched the whole, Yeah, they've only got so much time allotted. Yeah. So, a powerful piece. So, right after that, um, after our uh, lunch break, they bring us back and the revolution, we, there's a little interview with the the members yeah. of the revolution they're brought yeah. up on the stage to talk yeah about. I, I have to give it to the organizers it's been great the way they organize these days where you get to see a sit-down panel with them a little fun interview and i'm sure it's very tough for them because there's uh because of the two circuits one earlier in the day and one later in the day they basically have to do the interview twice right and, and perform twice yeah and perform twice so I made sure I picked it this way, so we were at Revolution Night instead of Revolution Afternoon, which... Good, uh, good choice. You heard from your friend there were possibly some technical issues. Yeah, the afternoon session seemed to have some guitar issues mm-hmm. and sound issues. So they were working on some bugs, and we were grateful that we got the second concert. To, uh, yeah, we'll, already we'll, had the and, bugs and we'll get to the concert, but we're going to talk a little bit about... The, the the panel so they bring them out and they've had these um pretty knowledgeable um but just to kind of keep it going and get the conversation going uh uh host from the current the prince loving uh public radio station very very supportive of prince, yes yeah. yes it was it was great today we got to drive around and we went and, and touristy and looked at the purple rain house and Tried to find uh, Studio e? 80, which... The first studio he worked in, I think that's gone now. Yeah, just the, the music mural that he posed in front of at one time, and it went uptown, actual uptown, uh, right. just like in the song. So uh, we drove and, around listening to all these... And the these... soundtrack to that was The Current, who were doing a, a 48-hour Prince marathon. A sweet bunch of B-sides, Really good, way, yeah. Just that you would... Deep ne- cuts. Yeah, which, as, as you were saying... You'd never even hear on the radio back. These in the are day. things you'd never get played on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> never. It, it's it, that's the one sad thing is he uh, Prince needs to have pa- has needed to pass over to the other side for us to get all of this. Yeah, for people to investigate his material. Yeah. Of it, it's always the bittersweet side of it. So speaking of bittersweet, the revolution come out. Of course, minus Prince, who's no longer on this earth. And you could see the emotion right away, a little, little stiff. And Wendy comes right out, as she always likes to do, and just starts speechifying and speaking her mind, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, she did. <laughs> she's, she's amazing. Yeah, she's a force of nature. She always has been, and that's why he appeared to be in the Outspoken, band. aggressive person. So she gets out there, and she gave this... Actually, there were people... I could hear him back of me going, "Is she? When's she going to get to the point?" But <laughs> it's hard to talk about something that is. They're still processing. Yeah, so she was processing us, it to us verbally, but yeah. basically got to the bottom line of, "Hey, she's Jewish, and Lisa's Jewish." She had this. You know, they had this two-hour shiva session. Called it a purple shiva. Purple shiva. <laughs> <laughs> Talked about Prince, and I'm sure they sat there and worked out you know, what, what what the future is right and got the band together and that evolved into the first avenue concerts right that were last labor day weekend yes labor day weekend of last year 
and some people thought they weren't very tight or and had complaints. You had well, your- also the revolution's taken some heat about um, performing at this point. I think uh, some people are feeling like it's maybe a money grab or mm-hmm. you know, some kind of commercialized thing. But she was explaining to us why they need to do this. It's part of the grieving process. It's part of um, our grieving process as well in, in the audience. We we need to see them perform. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that. I'm glad that they're approaching it that way. I do too. It's it, a healing thing. I was hoping they'd get back together, and they have. And I've said this to you a gazillion times. And I, people that have followed me on Facebook and friends have had to hear over and over again. I feel that the Revolution are the greatest backing band of any musician ever. Yeah, they are just tight. Tight as a drum. I think for our generation and for people that followed Prince, they were our Beatles. Yes. Yeah. You know. They each had their own personality. He mm-hmm. selected them. And actually, they talked about that. And but, but before that, she said, yeah, she goes, we are performing. We are not coming to you as a cover band. We are not trying to profit off his name. We are not going to be a tribute band. We are giving the music back to you. And I love the way she put it. And they obviously came up with a great way to explain it. We are a pit band. Right. You are the lead singer out there. We're going to play the music up here because I love that. We can play it better than anybody else can. Right. Any cover band that's out there that puts some guy out there that acts as Prince. But there are a few good Prince impersonators yeah. out there. I'm not diminishing that. And they're very good at what they do. But this is the revolution. They're not going to shove somebody out there and... Exactly. Her point was, mm-hmm. Prince is missing. And we're not going to try and hide that fact. Right. You you guys are going to have to own this for yourselves. Yeah. And we're just going to play the music. Yeah. You, we're, you, we're scoring you. I love the way she put that. that. That's exactly how she put it. So Prince fans out there, cynical people, just calm down. The Revolution are going to tour all over. Brown Mark was great. He's like, we're taking this all around the world. And they should. Yeah. They should. That was good to hear. Europe was, uh, we know he has fans in Europe and Japan and Australia and everywhere. Just keep, keep this going. It's beautiful. Yeah, so that the band members talked about uh, their first gig they ever had in, in, in the Revolution. And Brown Marks is, um, most people know this, but he, he went into, did you know all the detail of oh, it? Oh, sure, yeah. yeah the, the famous Rolling Stones concert that Prince got booed off the stage and Brown Marks talking, yeah, man, the grapefruit that got stuck to my base. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, no, it this doesn't get thrown at me. It got stuck on my base. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, hell gig. You know, Jay, Jay, I, did, I never knew Jay Giles' band was on the... Yeah, and George Thorogood. <laughs> well, this is a, it's a Rolling Stones, you know, tour. Yeah. And they put together this sort of, um, this big show. Mm-hmm. The, I think it was the LA Coliseum or something. Yeah, enormous show. And yeah. so they had, you know, opening acts like George Thorogood, mm-hmm. Jay Giles, and mm-hmm. Prince was the first act to come on. Two in the afternoon. At two in the afternoon. And these are, you know, rock, diehard rock people. Yeah, yeah. We're not accustomed to seeing a guy in bikini yeah, shorts. Yeah, that promoter needs to die. <laughs> but then uh, they talked about Wendy and Lisa. Right, yeah. Did you know that history? Oh, yeah. I don't know um, what Lisa's first gig was. I knew Wendy's first gig was the First Avenue gig in 1983. Where Did you know that she just hopped in the car with Lisa? Well, they, yeah, it, the 1999 tour, she was on the bus with them. Uh huh. So the, yeah, she she went with them a lot for yeah. the tour. But. 
Yeah, um, I, I, I honestly never knew that Wendy was just a basically a assistant. Uh, Lisa, sorry, was, Lisa. Yeah, Lisa was an right. assistant. She was working for a record company in for, Los well, Angeles. For they said uh, Cavallo, it? Bob Cavallo's. That's right. Yeah, yeah Robert well, Bob Cavallo was a manager in. Um, Prince's worked, manager worked with Warner Brothers. Yeah, one of Prince's right. managers. That's right. So, <laughs> so I yeah that I I honestly as a as a fan of not the complete underground stuff didn't know that. Oh okay. All no right. no I I. I I'm a huge fan of the band, but never knew the full chronology okay. of how it all came together. So this was really new to you. That's yes, awesome. it was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. I had a great experience with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I've been noticing over the weekend. I and I don't feel alone in this. There are other people that you're 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 huge fans of the music, but I know there's like all these diehard sects of Princeton, and that happens with. Doctor Who and right. you know every sect of there's, sci-fi music. There's everything. hardcore for every kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and I, I I'm glad that I I'm not hearing a lot of thumbing of the nose from hardcore people because mm-hmm. they're going through mourning. And as we've been told by our introducer every day, Demarius. Yeah, and she used to be a dancer. She was a dancer with his with, NPG group. Yeah, and she keeps telling us, you know, educate. Yeah, teach. And learn. Teach, learn, repeat, so the process, repeat. and print exactly, it out. Yeah. And, I mean, that was one of the reasons I actually really was excited to come to this. I'm like, I'm, I know about half the history. Yeah. And now I get to fill in the blanks on that. So it was just like, damn. That's you know, awesome. that, that it, was, it was exciting to me. And, I mean, that's the whole point of podcasting is to educate people and... I don't know everything. You don't know everything. Right. You've you've learned things. And Absolutely. You're yeah. a diehard historian. Yeah. There's always something new to learn. <laughs> oh, there's so much to it. To everybody's story. Yeah. So, in quick mention, in between the talk and the and the revolution concert, there was a guitar tech session that was kind of fun. And which yeah, guitar tech? Interesting. Did that one. Um, the first guy, Dave Rusin, I want to say. Yeah. Um, he actually built the first cloud guitar. Yeah, designed it. The the white cloud that's featured in Purple Rain. Mm-hmm. He designed it as well, yeah. I said he made four of them. Right. Yeah. A few for different color. He, orange one, blue one, for different purposes with him. Yeah. And then his tech Takumi. Was, yeah. It was so strange, and I'm glad we had this discussion after after the session. I go, do you notice he keeps still referring to Prince and present tense? Yeah. Yeah, Prince likes this and Prince likes that. And I'm like, some people, I think, still feel like he's here right. with us. And he was teching for the revolution. And I just found that so interesting that he kept referring to him like, in the present tense. Yeah. It was like, no, I used to do this for Prince. I was like, no, Prince I, likes... He kept saying, Prince liked, likes this guitar, yeah. and Prince likes... You so know, I'll go get these guitars for him. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> he, that's what exactly... He's going to go do it. it you know? yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, that was, was interesting like, to me, too. Yeah. I, I mean, noticed it, that. It's only been a year. Yeah. He might just have been doing it... Sub, you know, subconsciously, yeah. subconsciously, 
Yeah, so that was that was just that a fun little tidbit. We got yeah. to see some of the different guitars and the genesis of them, and I mean that's what's really impressed me with this is we already talked about the interactive side on day one, and now we learned about guitars and just they've put a lot of thought into this. Yes, in the fact of we're gonna show you as many aspects as possible. Right, and what what the uh, the fan base be interested in hearing about. Yeah, like everybody doesn't know about everything. Right. You have a lot of different walks of life uh, coming here. So let's get to the concert finally. Damn. Wow. I was so excited for this. And the reason we're recording this, and I wanted to make sure we recorded it tonight after the concert is as i'm jacked out of my mind <laughs> as i've already said i've said a million times on facebook i'll i'll place posts like no no just shut up the revolution is the greatest yeah greatest backing band ever and they are like gods in my eyes so it was great oh i forgot to mention yeah that's right i totally fanboyed and when they were standing at the edge of the stage i got dr fink's autograph on my (laughs) on my celebration badge and i was pretty damn jacked about that actually (laughs) i was pretty excited about it because he's secretly my favorite revolution member because i always look at him as kind of the anchor Hmm. on the keyboards of the whole thing holding i i've all even though the flash is in brown mark and in wendy the two real backbones are Lisa and the keyboardist. The, yeah. the keyboardist, yeah. I mean, aside from Bobby, but yeah. Well, yeah. well, Bobby, I always look at as the heart. Uh huh. Oh, wow. Bobby is the heartbeat of the Good band. Good way to look at it, considering. Boom, this. boom, boom, boom. boom. And, well, it was just the distinct. When I first heard uh, uh, 1999 and DMSR, and then you know, in the Purple Rain, there was that distinct. 80s drum sound of Prince. Totally, yeah. And it was Bobby Z and him that, you know, came up with that. And just, I always was hoping, I was like, God, I never got to see the revolution back in the day. Neither did I. And I was like, I, one of my dreams was, God, have Prince just decide to put his ego aside and get these guys back together. I want to hear that drum sound live. That was a secret wish, yeah. I want to hear it live. I want to hear that that they don't, don't, don't just just hear it live and got to hear it tonight yeah there we did <laughs> so they came out and uh, i was about i was going to joke but i bit my tongue i had read there was an interview talking that started talking about co- the song computer blue on purple rain and the whole Wendy and Lisa exchange at the beginning of it and the fact that they'd had a 20 year relationship and at, but at the time this was a time of you didn't come out yeah. easy so prince was you know when he after forming as he called his Fleetwood Mac right of rock his own version of Fleetwood Mac, Mac with the guys and the girls he wanted his he he found it a turn on that they were having a relationship behind the scenes and yeah. this was his way of you know well, it was it was diversity it was yeah. basically you it, know it, all, it was trying all to find it represented somehow in his in his band yes and trying to make it playful and right and, and yeah. bring it try and bring it in the mainstream but also not like he it was so subtle he didn't mm-hmm. he didn't make it a big deal that's what i said it, it was, was just, play, that's what i mean by playful yeah it was yeah. this just 
and the, hey, Wendy, is the water warm enough? And it was funny, the interviewer goes, what does that mean? And Wendy just comes right out, what do you think it means? <laughs> is the water warm enough? It meant, are you gay? <laughs> she's right. like, she's like, out in the interview, she's like, gay, she's very blunt to the interview. What do you think he was trying to say with the damn song? And we were pissed at the time, but, you know, it came off as a freaky song and went, you know, over well with his fans. So I was, I was going, we, we, there's this parking garage we have to park at to take a shuttle over to Paisley Park. And I was going to say to Jesse, I was going to say, hey, there's no way, we're, I know one song we're not going to see tonight, Computer Blue, because of this interview. Jesse, tell me, tell, tell everybody what happened at the beginning of this damn concert. <laughs> sure enough, the first track that they played was Computer Blue. Well, the, the first <laughs> noise you hear is, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and I'm going, Oh, God, I would have been eating my words real fast. <laughs> and they really milked it, too. I mean, Wendy was, or Lisa was Wendy? Yes. <laughs> yes, Lisa. <laughs> oh, they were totally. They, it, it was fantastic. It was really. It, yeah, it, good it, opener. Yeah. And that, of perfect. course, got the crowd completely jacked up because I think. Fully. I don't think anybody in the crowd, if you would have polled the audience beforehand, what's the first song, would have said Computer no, that's, Blue. Yeah. In a million that's years. Choice. They would have been like, no, they're going to play Let's Go Crazy. They're going to, you know. Yeah. Get nope. But no. a smart choice, I thought. Oh. It really it, got us. Yeah. I mean, they they need to be having fun up there to an extent. Yeah, absolutely. Or why yeah. the hell are they celebrating his music at all? Yeah, they don't want to just be a karaoke band. So yeah. they really made thoughtful choices about the set list. So that was fun. And then they... Uh, so I just want to go through the highlights that we both thought were our favorite songs. And I love the fact that a few songs in, all of a sudden, uh, Wendy's like, hey, I'll introduce my twin sister, Susanna. And... Yeah. Holy cow! What a surprise! Susanna that was. Melvoin. Yeah, yeah, that was that was so special. And then they launched directly into the song "Mountains," which is sort of a quintessential Prince of the Revolution song. Mm-hmm. It actually um, started as a demo that Wendy and Lisa worked on when they were in France um, doing some filming for the the film uh, "Under the Cherry Moon." Mm-hmm. And uh, they brought the song to Prince, and he liked it, and decided to work. To flesh it out, basically, mm-hmm. so it's kind of just it, it's something they can own, mm-hmm. you know, the the girls. Yeah, and I mean, it's just such a propulsive song. Yes, it's just boom, boom, it boom, 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 and it just brought the level of that show to an otherworldly really level. Did. And yeah. you just saw the. Re- I mean, there's a thousand people in the audience at the sound stage, and you just saw everybody erupt. And I, from totally. that point on, I was like, wow, this is going to be a super special show. And the audience was feeding them, and they were feeding the audience back. Yeah. And you could tell that it was just, like, wired in. And you could, from their musicianship, you could tell they were just, like, going to play their hearts out all They night. sure were. Yeah, they sure did. Yeah. 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 Um, what were some of the songs you enjoyed? Um, well, especially, like, the fact that they dug deep into stuff that hadn't even been released that they'd worked on with Prince. Like, mm-hmm. uh, there are two songs that are kind of out there in the bootleg market called uh, Our Destiny and Roadhouse Garden. Mm-hmm. And they fleshed out complete arrangements of that and performed it. it. Just, you know, what a great deep cut to give to the fans. Yeah. You know? 
that just really amazed me that they're that brave to take that risky move. You mm-hmm. know? Jesse has a confession to make since he's deep into the Prince underground. He was tipped off because they Prince uh, the Revolution had already played an afternoon show. That's right. And <laughs> he was a, uh, Jesse's like, do you do you want a spoiler alert? They're going to play <laughs> songs, uh, unreleased songs. I'm like, holy cow, okay. That's fantastic. Which you were aware of. I was aware of one of them. Right. I was aware yeah. of one of them songs. Yeah. I didn't recognize the other one, but both damn good. Yeah. And they segued them together well. Yeah, it was just really well yeah. orchestrated. Yeah. I, 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 it, you can plainly see even from the interview and the way it was handled that Wendy is obviously taking a band band leader role and a ranger role and yeah. saying, okay, you know. Well, she's very alpha, and so it yeah. makes sense that she would be the but, one that But the over. point is she, she'd had trouble with coming to terms with his passing. That's right. And now is like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're doing it for the fans. And I think that's where the, yeah. hey, Let's give everybody's going to know the hits, and the, there's people that are going to come to want to hear, you know, Purple Rain, some songs from Parade, and some yeah. so, some Dirty Mind cuts. But no, no, let's let's have some people scratch their head and have the other fans right that have been waiting to hear this stuff played live. Exactly. Boom. Yeah. I mean, how did you just you to give you, a nod you, to that? You yeah. enjoyed it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was just digging the hell out of it. <laughs> couldn't believe it they also brought out uh stokely williams from Mint condition that's right and uh how did, how did you feel his performance went over it was good i it's interesting that you know they made it very clear that they weren't going to try to replace prince mm-hmm. so his performance wasn't a, a mimicry right i was uh, very appreciative of I think. I, I I think they've done that with everybody when they brought up people even yeah. at first avenue it's to fill in vocals exactly i mean when wendy's singing some of prince's parts and she's saying straight to the audience she keeps going you need to sing to this i can't sing this whole song alone because yeah. i'm not gonna do it justice you guys are gonna help me do That's it right. justice they did they did work they did controversy dirty mind uh one of the other highlights i thought raspberry beret yeah that was amazing too i i, I like that they played this great mix of kind of gritty dirty songs to have fun with and yeah. to to you know celebrate his leg that side of the his uh, the princeton revolution legacy but then it, it was kind of like they they almost were like uh, seamlessly sewing that side of it, and then they'd go into the mountains right. and the raspberry berets, like the, the hit material, yeah, the big, but but the larger, loftier, more mm. you know, you know, bigger numbers, sure, yeah. that had this loft to it. But then, like, no, 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 like Brown Mark be like, no, no, you want to get funky? We're gonna get funky, <laughs> yeah. But, oh God, the part i love there were two uh, two parts of the just the personalities in the band coming back and after watching them in so many performances on videos it was so great to see wendy looking back at lisa yeah that was and just they they own their side of the stage again yeah it was like wendy looking back to lisa for help and lisa looking they to her still for have help. that connection yeah yeah and then Brown Mark getting to the front of the stage and hitting that groove. Yeah. And the typical, 
Prince um, choreography of everybody grouping around one musician and right. of course yeah. taking a lot from George Clinton and Parliament of Funkadelic where it's like here's the show, here's the show and we're going to push it and Wendy's jacking in with her guitar and putting her, wrapping her head around, you know, underneath his arm and yeah. there's Susanna ducking around the other side right. and and uh, Stokely's coming up there and they're all just like doing the whole like dun 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 yeah. while Mark is just working that bass. Yeah! But I mean, it, w- it was such a tribute totally. to Prince because it, it was always a show. Yes. Yes, it was the the music was 120%, but if you weren't, he was so precise with that stuff. Sure he was, yeah. You know, in this song, we're going to do this, and that's what's going to get people to react. And I remember when I was young, that's what got me to react. Sure. Was the 1999 video and, you know, the play between all the musicians and the reaction. And it was, right. you know, yeah. the way they cut it together, it was like. Everybody and, had their role. And the camaraderie of it, yeah. 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 I mean, that that's what came through in the interview, too, in the beginning was uh, she kept saying she called us lifers, just right. like they were. She's like, we came in his band, and when he kicked us out, you know, he told us, you know, I'm going in this different direction. You know, yeah, we were lifers. We were lifers. <laughs> and that's why we want to come back and do this, because we're lifers just like you. Yeah. We need to keep, we need to do this now because our friend died. More than our friend, you know, the man that gave us a life right. of music. We need to, you know, carry on that legacy, yeah. and we we want to help you do it too. So, uh, are there any other songs you want to point out? I was happy to hear them do Paisley Park, which is yes, wasn't that big hit? I think they released it as a single in the UK, but mm-hmm. in America, it's kind of an unknown cut. But yeah. There we are at Paisley Park, the I studio know. that it was inspired by the song. Or, mm-hmm. you know, that was a special moment for them to to perform that there. Yeah, as as the guy in back of me pointed out as we were walking out, Greg, he's like, "Dude, you were going at it." <laughs> I was dancing my ass off, and anybody that knows me and as a close friend knows how much this night meant to me. And I, my my feet are killing me, <laughs> and I don't give a fuck. I danced hard enough to make limbs fall off of my body <laughs> i this was this was it and yeah, it, it you couldn't help but move happening yep. at paisley park though i mean i was dancing hard yeah and i that was a particularly poignant song that were there yeah and the fact that the revolution is playing there and they played that kind of like well we're here we're here in his house right right we're here to we're we, we're here in your house. And this is a celebration. We're right playing here. it for you. We're playing this. Yeah. We're playing this to sell, uh, for you to hear. Yeah, that's a, that. That was. I. Yeah. I. I um, yeah, that was that was a special moment. It was, but the most special moment for me, I think, had to be when she performed. Um, Sometimes it snows in April. Yeah. Very deep cut. The story. Yeah, the story that we didn't that know. That I even I wasn't as a you know ridiculously major fan i didn't know this the the song sometimes it snows in april was recorded um written and recorded in one night um on in 1985 on april 21st which is today which is today and the same day last year that prince passed away so it's just an odd sort of and I, I loved it. She's like, nobody knows this. And I'm telling you the story. And then she got choked up. And she's like, I'm not going to read anything into this. But yeah. how, you're kind of like, how can you not? Right. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what to think. I'm just telling you the story. You know, yeah. take it as you want. And it was just like, damn. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was heavy. It's this day obviously had a connection with his yeah. existence on this planet. Clearly, yeah. And yeah, and she's like, it's hard, and it's going to be damn hard for me to get through this. You're going to have to help me. And she missed one part of it. Yeah. Which led to huge applause from everybody. Right, of encouragement. Huge applause. And people, such a neat, neat interplay between her and the audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, were, everybody was just so behind her. People, including me, you heard me, I'm yelling, we got you, Lee. we got you, Wendy. Yeah. Don't worry about it, Wendy. We yeah. got you. We got you, Wendy. It, it's all good. Just and, but, but she got through. Yeah. With the most beautiful arrangement of that song I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. I, I don't think there was a dry eye in the house. I, no. No. Lee, Lee, Lisa was fantastic. Yes. And then backing Those vocals. It was, it was just the two of them. It was beautiful. It was just mm-hmm. the two of them stripped down. They get through it. And then smartly... They fly. They fly right the hell into Let's Go Crazy. Yeah, which was a really thoughtful thing to do. Yeah. Because like, after such a somber mm-hmm. song, and you know, the audience is just feeling this pain, mm-hmm. Let's Go Crazy is just this amazing celebration, a perfect answer to yeah. sometimes it's not in April. It's Yeah. So, so they flew the hell into that. Fe- phenomenal version. Uh, Stokely comes back out, filling, doing the, doing the good fills on that. And then we got... It, it was like a seesaw at the end. Cause we got yeah, per- I think Purple Rain was... Then we got Purple so Rain. That, and then, yeah. In there, in there Which were, was another tough one. And she, that was when she said, you know, I, I don't know if I can get through this myself. I think mm-hmm. she gave it to us to sing. Yeah. I mean, that one was another one where a lot of people stood just still. Yeah. It, 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 you have two schools of thought. You have mine that I'm trying to do where it's like... I've done a lot of mourning over the last year with it. I'm here to celebrate his music, and if I have some emotional moments here and there, but yeah. I really want to be positive about yeah his music and and not get too wrapped up in the fact that he's left here. It's like, well, he hasn't left right here. And in he, he wouldn't want this to be about sadness. No, no, that was all he was about yeah. was 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 joy. I mean, I posted a huge Facebook. Uh, thing today just talking about don't judge a person on his sins judge him on his message hmm. no matter what the hell he did uh, whatever he did to anybody whatever happened it's like his message was joy his message was happiness Absolutely. his yeah. message was the fact that even from purple rain i mean may you live to see the dawn may you get to the other side this is just a this is the blip on the radar yeah. that's what let's go crazy was yeah this is a blip on the radar Live it to its fullest, and then punch a higher floor, man. <laughs> We're going. So that, and we get Purple Rain, and then we got the beautiful, always duo of I Would Die For You and Baby I'm a Star, yeah. which was just insane. Just the greatest concert closer ever. Yeah, yeah. Just, just like in the movie. And just yeah. like boom, 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 Perfectly boom, boom, boom. Perfectly executed. They're tight as hell. Yeah. During that song, I want to get into the other parts of the musicianship is uh, during like the last three or four songs, I strangely was concentrating on Bobby for some reason mm-hmm. and just really his drum sound was strong and he was just, you could, he kept looking up and outward and I think he was playing for him. Right. It was kind of like, I kind of got this, if I could read his mind, I was getting this vibe of he's looking up like, dude, I'm playing my ass off for you. We've been through hell and back. Yeah. You know, we helped to discover each other. Like, yeah. boom. Uh, oh, that, God, the best line he said in the interview before the concert was, he goes, 
man. People think, you know, Prince uh, Prince was, like, popular around Minneapolis in the beginning. He's like, man, because we were so unpopular. He goes, I was, uh, I was Napoleon Dynamite, and he was Pedro. <laughs> He's like, you know, we're shopping. You know, people are looking at his cassette going, oh, man, what band is this? We got the new Earth, Wind, and Fire. Right. And they're like, no, no, it's him. But he still, you know, he was still looked at as a weird cat. Sure. So <laughs> celebrating the, the the hell out of your music. and He had to take a moment to acknowledge that. Yeah. I, th- I think he totally was. Everybody you could tell in those last few tra- songs were transcending themselves. I think so, too. Wendy yeah. is playing with a, a, what kind of guitar do you think? That, it, was a big, it was a big ass guitar. It was large. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Big ass, she's playing. She's playing this yeah, big fat body guitar through the whole show, yeah. and whipping that goddamn thing around. Yeah, well, I gotta say also the the guitar solo for Purple Rain mm-hmm. was executed technically perfectly. Yeah, she, I mean, I, and you hate she did to her say, homework on that. Yeah, you hate to say that, and you see, I think tonight was them trying not only to prove to people because, but you've got the. F- $500 people and the $1,000 VIP people. Right, yeah. The di- super diehards from all over the world going, okay, are these guys really good? Yeah. They were kind of, you know, judging them at the First Avenue shows. Can they really do this? And yeah, I think they went back and were like, well, if we're really going to do this, yeah, they she had said, to we're going to play it better than anybody else. Right. And she committed to it. Yeah. And, of course, nobody's going to play like Prince. Nobody's going to play like Prince. Yeah. But she was at least like, I'm going to get this shit as right as I'm going to get exactly, it. Exactly, and honor it, yeah. Yeah. And she delivered. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. I, I, I didn't want to say that. I was thinking in my head, I was like, God damn, look at Wendy go. Yeah. God I mean, damn, look at Wendy go. That was a real moment. really keyed into it. It was. She comes right up to Brown Mark. And yeah. Dun, 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 right dun, dun, the stage. And I was like, shit. I go, all of them yeah. were... You, I'm so glad, and we're going to end it on this, is just like, I'm so glad, Jesse, we went to the nighttime show. Yes. And that's why I went to record because it was just like, it, it was like going to another planet. I was so jacked up. Yeah. Because you could tell they were. Yeah. They were, yeah. They, they, they were, they were channeling him. Totally. They were just like, they were, it was like their bodies were electric, and it was just like, they were, they were just pulsating with the the energy yeah. of him and you knew they were playing for him and it was just like well yep. this is his day absolutely yeah and they owned those beautiful songs yeah any last words um just that I, the whole night was for me was just transcendent mm-hmm. i'm just so grateful that we were able to witness this i agree and with to you. celebrate him in this way oh yeah and just for me it was a dream come true yes my <laughs> favorite band and got to, I, I sat there actually like after the third song and I like put my hands over my mouth and I kept saying, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> I kept, I kept, I kept thinking I was, I seriously just, I thought I was going to wake up. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is all, this is all been a really long ruse. I'm going to wake up nope. and Prince is still on earth and yeah, this right, is all yeah. a bunch of malarkey and nope, the revolution never got back together. Nope. The revolution really got back together kicked ass at paisley park made made history prince history straight out and uh that's it thanks for listening